Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Serum, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. Back together, our coterie's mission has grown ever more complicated. Iris managed to distract her sire, but will soon have to leave to host a TV show. Ridley has the Bouchards looking for his mom and looking into Damien Black. And Everett tried to talk to Dr. Skull before giving up in frustration. What will happen now that they need to move on the orphans? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. The time has come, my friends, to... Plan your salt on the Orphan's Biker Bar and hopefully put an end to their reign of terror once and for all. Uh, as always, when you awake this evening, you must roll a rouse check uh, to see how hungry you are. Uh, so that's a D10. Just got a B to five. That's a 10, baby. You're good. I'm good, too. I'm good. No one's hungry, which makes sense given how much available food you have. <laughs> um, so um, the three of you have awoken 
Um, Ridley, you have a message from uh, the Silver Foxes, a.k.a. the Bear Boys. Um, they have managed to successfully infiltrate um, the uh, the biker bar. Um, the uh, the bar uh, changes names fairly frequently uh, to get around health code violations. Um, currently, it's called uh, Oliver Twists. Um, so they have uh, infiltrated in biker garb um, as uh, folks who've just moved to town. Uh, and they are, uh, they're trying to get their patches. They are uh, pledging right now. So they are on hand and will be able to be in the bar when you, a few of them, not a lot of them, but a couple of them, uh, will, will be able to be in the bar when you, when you make your attack. In terms of security, um, they indicate to you that uh, they're the, the bouncers that are kind of the obvious first line. Uh, however, inside the doors, as with um, any strip club of uh repute or ill repute uh, there are additional heavier security just inside um who managed to pat everyone down for weapons um on your way in they also warn of patrols so you got a bit of a sense of this when you hit the money pit um but that there are additional orphans uh, out on the streets who do kind of frequent patrols of the area and kind of drive-bys of the space itself to make sure nothing untoward is going on in terms of the bar itself um they describe it uh, the interior as a two-story, um, largely open um, uh, strip club style atmosphere. There's one kind of major uh, uh, sort of a, so if we're looking uh, at it from kind of the, the entryway, um, once you're inside uh, to the left, there's a massive bar that runs the length of the, the building. Uh, there is a large stage uh, kind of against the north wall um, with two entrances that lead back into the dressing rooms, uh, as well as uh, the uh, necessary stripper pole for the stripping. Um, other than that, a bunch of tables. There's a second floor. It's kind of the VIP floor. A bunch of booths up there um, for, for people to kind of get a bit more, more privacy for either lap dances or clandestine meetings. And that's about as much as the, uh, the the silver foxes are able to tell you from just kind of being entry level people. They understand that uh, there is a garage in the basement um, where the, the bikes can get tooled up. Um, as uh, Everett found when he was exploring, um, big sort of fence around the compound. Uh, out back, there's a lot of parking for for bikes. Out front, there's a bunch, but out back, you can tell there's almost a bit of a junkyard atmosphere. Um, just extra parts, cars, other things they've stripped down for, for the necessary things. Um, and uh, the garage is attached to that through uh, an entry ramp uh, that leads kind of into the uh, into the, the garage down there. But the lower levels are much more heavily guarded and the Silver Foxes had no luck infiltrating them. In terms of things you have uh, on your side, um, Iris, you've managed to secure the assistance of... Uh, the uh, the wolves um, don't have their clan name right in front of me here, but uh, they are on side. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't have the name of that name, but uh, we got the clan of wolves. Yeah, yeah, like Hannon and his buds uh, have have offered to assist you in some way, not necessarily in this, but just in general. Um, you have uh, Doctor Skull in a corpse. Um, he is a uh, he has returned as a wraith, and uh, you you've talked about perhaps using him. Um, you have uh, the money pit and its proprietor, Mister Spitz, um, who are uh, kind of nearby. Uh, might be of some use, assuming that his his your triple X ruse went over. 
Um, beyond that, uh, Kincaid is is still comatose, so she's off the board. Um, you sent uh, McGregor to go find uh, Jocelyn St. James, and he has not reported back, and you're still not sure if Jocelyn's on side. Uh, so they are off the table as well. Bear boys have been used. Um, so their their kind of assistance action is in play, but the, there's nothing additional you can do with them. Uh, and I believe that is all you have for you right now. Um, this is also uh, Dederick wouldn't really be of much help here. And fortunately, um, uh, Zaria Tyrell and her coterie um, useful though they are, uh, have been tasked with other jobs uh, for the the Prince of Montreal. So getting their assistance would be uh, frowned upon because it would take them off of other uh, official business that uh, the Prince has sent them on. That isn't to say you couldn't try, but uh, much like you, they, they have to answer to him. All right. So we got these wolves who sound like they're perfect kind of people. Because one of the tricks with those patrols is if we're going to have someone take them out, we need fucking bodies because we don't know where they are. We're going to need people to be able to comb the streets. That feels like a good pack thing. We've got a boys inside, but we're going to have to bring them guns. So they're no use to us at the first, you know, beginning of the whole journey. I say, <clears throat> I say we go in from the back through that junkyard. Anybody back there is an orphan. We don't need to worry about making the, stink, the distinction between an innocent or not, so we can take out as many of them as we come across as we make yeah. our way in. I mean, even internally, uh, when it comes to the biker strip club, there's going to be very few innocent parties inside a fucking building. Now, the strippers are probably fucking innocent, so we don't want to fuck with them, but a clientele in this place, I would say, are, are not the kind of people who are upstanding citizens in their off hours, you know? Yeah, Say the same for management, most likely. Oh, fuck management. No, no, no. They're all fucking biker-oriented. Because this it's why they got the armored back. It's why they only got the one fucking door. It's why there's no fucking windows. This is a biker clubhouse. This is their fucking home. Yeah. They're always here. So strippers, no. Clientele, don't feel bad if you fucking kill them. Anyone involved, dead. Because they're all fucking, you know, crooked as shit. We got a body. How do we put... Fu- okay, so we got fucking Dr. Skull. We could jam him in a corpse and send him in if we want to. He still hasn't demonstrated a willingness or ability to do that. Just FYI. No, but we could talk to him about it. Because I'm thinking if he's a ghost that he can jump around between bodies, then we've got kind of a pretty perfect tool to fuck with the interior of the building. Because we could put like, we could jam his tump, uh, like a corpse's gut full of explosives or some sort of, you know, fucking silver nitrate or something and he could just fucking hose because if he goes boom he'll spray the fucking room wherever he is and we don't care because his ghosts are just going to another body right well that's certainly creative you know give me some tools I want to play with them is all I'm saying so I understand yeah I agree hitting them in the ass feels fucking smart we could have the wolves basically hit the patrols and then they could just hit the front. We don't even need them to get in necessarily. They just need to keep them looking in the front and we can hit them in the ass. The only other consideration, um, more so for Iris than the rest of you, is trying to track down Iggy inside. Iris, do you have any reason to believe that your brother's been turned or embraced or whatever? Uh, turns. I don't have any reason to believe that, but he might be in there being held or used or 
I, I don't know what, but he's he is he it very well could be inside. Okay, so darker question. I don't know how to phrase this gently, so I'm just going to say the wrong thing. Uh, do we need your brother to come out of this alive? Uh, preferably. How oh, preferable oh, would it be? Um, I would rather deal with him myself than have you blow him up. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean we kill him. I just mean, you know how the SWAT team has to figure out where someone is and then have, like, executed martial precision to be able to get him out of the basement? Yeah, we don't have that. We I've got fucking the team of wolves and fucking claws. So if they're the kind of people who are like, he's down here, if someone comes through the door, we shoot him in the head, then we sort of have to make getting Iggy out of the house a priority if he's not going to die. But the assault odds get considerably fucking worse. And I'm not against it. I just wanted to know if our priority is take the bar or our priority is get Iggy out alive. We don't have any intel on where in there Iggy is, right? You don't even know if he's there. Just that okay. was his last last known location. The other option, and this one's kind of doing a dirty, but I don't mind doing a dirty if the wolves can keep the mouth shut, is we fucking besiege the place from the outside and we pretend we're only doing it to get Iggy. And then we say, if you give us Iggy, we fuck off. And then they give us Iggy and we kill him anyways. <laughs> Thoughts? It's a big assumption that they're going to cooperate but yeah, yeah it's an option it increases the risk but we've at least got a chance of getting iggy sent out before we go in i mean the thing it does is i feel it like we up. got the same kind of chance of them saying oh this is what they want let's fucking kill them you know fuck these guys this is our bar this is our turf i mean maybe there's kind of the, there's two versions because criminally uh you usually just want problems as big as us to go away like you want to kill them but if they'll just fuck off, you can maybe gear up a little better when, you know, there's three of us somewhere and there's no wolves around and you're like, I can get in. I don't know. I don't know. Otherwise, you got a, an Iggy idea. You're the copper. You've got to have done fucking tactical I was training. about to ask, do I have any insight into the behavior of a, of a prolific biker gang and how they would respond to pressure points? I mean, they'd probably dig in. Is yeah. is your your guess? Um, they're not really the hostage negotiating like, type. Yeah, I think your first instinct is probably correct. For, yeah, for, from what you've seen of like Mad Martha and and the the few orphans you've run into, the guys you fought on the road, like these guys seem tough, murderous, vampiric. Um, yeah. And from what you learned uh, from the uh, the two that you interrogated, use that term very very fucking broadly. Uh, in the money pit, um, they also seem to believe uh, Pierre has convinced them that they have some form of protection. So they're likely to be bolder given that they think they are protected. The way this gang has behaved in the past, they are reckless. They they deeply believe that they're invincible, unstoppable, protected or blessed or whatever. I don't think showing our hand, i.e., revealing that we're interested in Iggy is going to do Iggy's any favors. I don't think that's going to help him stay alive. Okay. I appreciate the criticism. It seems well thought out. If uh, he's a random customer or in the middle of a deal or whatever it is that Iggy is doing over there, kind of just caught up in this completely unrelated attack, he might be safest as 
the longer the orphans assume that about him. Yeah, I guess it's a question of his level of involvement. So we just, I just want to be clear that if we go, we don't have a plan to get Iggy out. If Iggy dies, it's not Iris going to rip my heart out like she no. did that werewolf. No, I'm not. I mean, ultimately getting these guys under control is the ultimate goal. So I'm okay saying that Iggy is a secondary priority. If we find, if he is in there and if we can get him out, yeah, That's we're not going to hurt him. We'll put a like, you know, DNK. Do I don't not want. Kill on I don't. I don't want us getting him out to be the number one thing. Yeah, okay, let's be side quest clear. For XP. <laughs> it's yeah. This is the one and final push. This is where we wipe the orphans out. This is their he, base. Ultimately, he put himself there. If I, if we can help him, I. That's the best. Thank you, but. This is kind of... Yeah, we're not assaulting this place to take someone out and leave. We're taking it. Yeah, so we have the wolves take out the patrols. Wolves hit the front. We go in the ass. Uh, we fucking kill everybody. We try to make a wraith out of fucking McGee if he's willing to do it and see if we can get some silver nitrate or something he can just fucking pop with. Uh, do we, we have a any... lead on silver nitrate? Do we oh, know where I have we can no get fucking... that? I have no fucking clue, but I'll make some calls. It, it, look, we're in a fucking hospital. There's got to be something we could steal. They've got to have a chem lab. But uh, we might want silver bullets for you, Everett, because you're a gun person. I've got my fucking claws, which is dope as shit. Um, I probably want silver bullets for something in case I'm at range. Iris, we don't have any drac. And I don't know that I want to take it knowing now what I know. But at the it's same gonna time... It's going to be there on site. If... Well, it might be there on site. We don't know where. But we know they're dealing it. That's sort of like going, I'm going to go into a knife fight, but I'm okay because the other guy has a knife and I'll take it. It's not the the smartest upfront strategy, but it could work out. I feel like that's an oversimplification, but sure, go on. Well, I'm just saying we might want to have it in your pocket so that you've got the option in case, you know, you're going to die. So you could just drag yourself and get really fucking big and save the day. It's the ace in the hole. We don't want to use it. But I like to have the choice for you to be able to use it if you want to. Because otherwise you're in the middle of a combat zone. Let's say, I don't know, dark, dark future, but going to pitch this. Let's say Emily gets shot in the head and you're injured and I'm down and Everett's down. And you're the only person who could take out the orphan that just killed Emily. Do you want to have Drac in your pocket or do you want to not do a deal with the demon? I'd probably want the Drac. Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast, Dum Dums and Dragons. It's a show where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It features Laura Elizabeth as the Wizard Allen, Tyler Hewitt as the Thief Quinny, and Ryan LaPlante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season, these heroes experience the minds of Fandelva. But starting in season two, they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through five more seasons and beyond. Check it out now. Dom, Doms and Dragons. Okay, we got to get some drag before this, but we might be able to pick that up when we get Wraith Boy. Because if whoever comes after him might come out with fucking Drac in their pocket. So we can make that work. I think you've got a right idea, Everett. So, wolves, us, silver, some silver shit, maybe bullets, maybe who knows. 
it seems like the only fucking thing we need. Unless we know somebody's got like an armory, you know, we can get grenades and shit and go fucking ape shit. But I don't know anyone like that. It's a Hail Mary, but maybe we get Brad Spitz to do the same old routine, only, you know, turn it up to 11. Call everybody out to his location. Make it a little easier on us getting in. I don't know yeah. what that kind of ruse sounds like. I don't know what you'd need to call out to get a lot of those orphans over there. But if we could use his store to pull them offside, that's something. I mean, we do have an old gang of werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's if the true. werewolves hit the money pit, they're going to need to do a proportional response to that. And then we can hit them in the ass while they're distracted. It splits them and it gets them out of the fucking building, which I also like. It's an if option. We, if we need to make the phone call convincing, here's the other question. Iris, knowing that you get along with the werewolves and you are, shall we say, the most verbally persuasive, I feel like if you were on the front lines of making calls to telling the authors to go fuck themselves, that might be playing to your strengths with the wolves and then we could sneak in the ass as the fucking shooty stabby fellas. Or do you want to be shooty stabbers or distraction, I guess is what I'm saying. I say benefits for you being on either team. I mean, it's probably better for me to be on the distracting to the distraction team because, you know, I'm useless <laughs> when it comes to being in a firefight at the moment. All right. So you can be kind of, we could say there's vamp team and wolf team. So wolf team is Iris and the wolves and vamp team is Everett and Ridley. That seems like a small team, <laughs> but yeah. it's what we've got. So we make the distraction go big and it will fucking work. Okay. So we just need some fucking silver, I guess. Um, Drac. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to try and get backup Drac for... That does seem Iris smart. Okay, so know. those are our two ifs. We need silver and we need Drac. And we okay. need to talk to fucking Dr. Skull and see how he feels about exploding. Well, speaking of Dr. Skull, I mean, if anyone knows where to get Drac, it'd be him, right? True. I like this. I like the Everett. You're a fucking pretty good crook. I just want to say, dirty twists, nasty moves, figuring out where to get drugs. I like this new leaf you're turning over. And, like, Everett can't look at you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, Ryan, you had a thing? Go for it. Cool. So, um, who is going to try and find uh, Silver? Um, who is on uh drag duty and who is on convince dr skull to become a weapon i'll do drag duty that does feel like that and i think ridley attorney iris will be like, all right so we both know you'll be better at talking dr skull into doing something but at the same time no, I'm bad at conversation. I'll go steal silver. This feels like it's fucking pretty self-evident now that I say it out loud. <laughs> I was like, right. he could probably talk a jewelry into giving us silver and then I could go talk to Dr. Skull, but I don't know if he'll like that. <laughs> um, cool. Iris, you good with that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Everett, how are you going to try and track down Drac? I'll start by quickly chatting up Dr. Skull if he if he has a, a dealer that he, he likes for that or anything like that. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, the name he gives you is Iggy Dunn. <laughs> of course. Good friend from the club scene. Then I'll uh, see if I can track down that dealer that I was hunting earlier. Okay, great. 
Um, so you can go ahead and roll me an investigation and intelligence, please. Um, Iris, uh, you got to talk Dr. Skull into becoming a living weapon or I guess an unliving weapon. Um, how do you approach this? Okay. Well, first I got to get him out of that, that hole. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't want to go cuddle in there with him and his dead body. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's worth noting uh, morgue doors uh, don't lock from the inside. Yeah, no, I know. So <laughs> you're good to just open that fucker if you want. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably just like open it up and like, take a no bullshit like okay let's just let's just get this over with you need to come and come and deal with this man. Uh, no don't let your butler hurt me uh, and he cowers at the back of the uh uh the back of the morgue slab my butler what are you talking yeah, about yeah your, your, your scary friend who turned into a werewolf i was trying to take care of her and i gave her that that special potion and then she like fucking killed me so no fuck you okay first of all Whatever you gave her is what caused that. So it's really all your fault. I didn't make it, man. Your weird French pals dropped it off. You know, the guys in the long underwear. Okay. Well, everyone's to blame. So can you just come out here and have a conversation, please? <laughs> no. Um, you just put your hand on the slab and pull it out. <laughs> and he's like, dude, that, that scabbering thing. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, and he's like, he just kind of crosses his arms well, like tucked awkwardly at like a horrific, like almost 90 degree angle inside the, uh, uh, the little morgue thing. Okay. So hi, been a hot minute. Um, this is just, let me ask you a question. Is this, this like whole body situation right now working for you? What? No, no. Are you kidding? I hate this body. This isn't my dick. It's a weird dick. I don't like this dick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we have means to be able to like help you find a new body, get, gather. We, I mean, we're we're sneaky. We we have connections. Like we can help you out with this. But um, and you can have full like veto power over what body you get and whatever dick you want. Awesome. But. You got to help us out a little first. How do you feel about like a covert sneaky mission? I mean, sure. Yeah. As, as long as I'm, I'm safe. Look, I, I don't know if when you guys got turned or whatever uh, into, you know, ah, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, he whispers despite the fact that it's just you guys, like, vampires, mm-hmm. um, or if you went to the underworld or whatever, but it's scary down there and I won't go back. So uh, I'm as long as I'm safe, I, I'm game. So are you able to just like disconnect from this body and go into another one at will? I mean, I, maybe, I don't know. I kind of felt like I was, I was swimming, you know, um, through kind of space and time or something. And then I just kind of found this, this thing and, and fell into it. But no, I, I've been in this body since I came back, you know, it's, it's, it's gross, but it's home. So yeah, I don't really know. Are there any other bodies it. in the morgue right now? Yes. Okay. So why don't you just like, give it a go and like concentrate real hard about letting this one go and going into a new one. Uh, he concentrates real hard and kind of like trembles uh, and he does not. He's still in this body. I mean, we don't really have much to lose, do we? Can I just like destroy this body that he's in? <laughs> like cut its head off or something? I don't know. Uh, yeah. What do you Kay. do? Um, 
like i don't do i there are plenty of, like, it's a morgue there's for plenty taking of bodies apart. yeah i probably yeah. just like take a saw or something and either cut the heart out or cut the head i probably the head because i don't know Maybe so you come was. over with the saw uh, clearly i think playing it just on your tone in kind of like a like a uh, it's probably just like uh, let's just i mean yeah. let's let's do an experiment let's try wait something wait out. what no 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 and you just start like hacksawing into his neck and he's just like oh no no is this the end of dr skull again uh just just, just concentrate <laughs> as you say as you like hack through his <laughs> vocal cords yeah. um and he's like flailing and slapping at you but he's also still stuck wedged in the the little like more uh slab box uh eventually his um head falls off uh the body slumps and kind of rolls forward and out with a, a meaty thwack um and uh the you're you're left kind of holding the head uh by the hair um as uh the eyes kind of look at you in in horror and then uh slowly uh, the light in them goes out great now we just gotta wait <laughs> Ridley. <laughs> now we wait. How do you uh how do you try and find silver? Um, Ridley's a simple man with simple interests and simple plans. Uh he would call up whatever silver foxes were not currently in the uh the thing, and then they just go knock over a jewelry store. <laughs> like just a simple smash and grab. Hey, can you roll me a streetwise and probably resolve? Sure. That is three successes. Great. Uh, tell me how this goes down. You do succeed. Cool. Uh, I think he has them like boost a van because they'd want to keep this like pretty low tech. And then it's just like collect a couple of kind of like duffel bags that are kind of purchased from like, you know, secondhand stores and cash kind of thing. And then it's just him and three guys with masks over their faces, just like pulling up in front of a store, come out. Just a couple of hammers, smash the windows, and big dudes jump into a closed store at night while the alarm goes off. He gives them, I think, the traditional like three minutes kind of thing. It's everything that you can get that silver goes in a bag. Uh, and they just boost as much shit as they can. Pull away after the three minutes are up kind of thing. Torch the van in a parking lot somewhere. And then all take Dinkeldorf cabs in different ways to their destinations. Um, uh, just as you all disperse, um, one of the, the silver foxes uh, comes over and... Uh sort of slaps you on the back and says uh, it is quite good to be back sir. I mean <clears throat> real good to be back boss sorry we're really falling into these uh, these here suburban douchebag voices but uh, damn it's good to be doing crime again now back to the racquetball court for me um, then it goes and gets in a Dinkeldorf cab I miss those boys. It's going to be nice when we can get him back. Uh, and then he just like opens the trunk to the Dinkledorf cab that he's got. And he puts the bags in and they're so heavy. The back of the cab like sinks a little bit and then closes it down and he'll go back to the hospital. Oh, hey, um, listen, man, those, those uh, sounds like you got some pretty big, heavy bags back there. Uh, you know, I, I, I could string some up on the top. I got a, I got a carrying rack and some bungee cords back there. Uh, it's probably under the things you just put in the trunk, though. So if you want me to get them, uh, you'll probably have to just help me move them out again so I can get at the bungee cords. But we can put them up on the roof. You know, I got a whole rack. I got it off Kijiji because, uh, you know, the full price ones were more expensive than I thought. Um, but uh, does, does that work for you? I want to no, make sure your bags are safe. 
I think they're good in the trunk, friend. But one of the things I've always wanted to ask is why why don't you tell me a bit more about yourself? You know, I feel like on his own without Everett, he's just curious about this man who can't stop talking. So Oh he's hey, that, that's a that's a really uh that's a really kind offer. Uh hey, you know, I don't normally do this because there's a certain uh, decorum in a cab that you know uh, people come to expect. But if you feel like you can join me up here in the front seat and uh, I'd be happy to tell you about it. Um Yeah, yeah in the front. <laughs> so so he's he's just like fire up their car, he's like uh, I mean, probably the most important thing is, uh, you know, I'm not great with dairy. Uh, it's a real problem. Then <laughs> <laughs> he just starts pulling out uh, and driving away. Um, oh man, uh, Everett, what did you uh, what did you roll in your investigation? Five successes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, all right, yeah, you find that uh, you find the dealer yeah. sort of in the same the alley. Like, hey man, you want some drac? And he opens his coat, and I'm in his coat, and I come out <laughs> with the drac. That's how well the investigation went. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So yeah, he uh you can see he's um he's trying to sell things that aren't drac. Um he is bold enough to be out on the streets despite the lockdown um around the city. Uh but the good news is with all the chaos and the lockdown, it's actually easier to to find a dark alley where he's uh, alone um because there are just fewer people on the streets at night. Yeah. Um so uh, how does uh, how does this go down? Uh, I think I'll try it like uh, someone's looking to buy Drac. If he's dealing, I just, I just, we just want at least like a dose, right? Like it's yep. not like I need to topple this guy's fucking drug cartel or anything like that. Sure, not right uh, now, anyway. So uh, yeah, he uh, he just kind of nods and he says, "Yeah, sure, sure, man. I, I got what you need." And um, he hands you a. Um, um, a little Ziploc uh, with um, a a single um, tab of uh, paper in it, very thin, uh, think like um, uh, almost toilet paper uh, that seems to be um, sort of crinkled and uh, something has been soaked into the center of it. Everett, you would recognize this as uh, more of like a, an acid type drug. Uh this isn't how my friends described Drac. Is this different? Oh no, man! This this is, this is Drac. This is a, a single dose Drac. Is he is he lying to me? Uh, go ahead and roll. Or am I just not remembering how this drug works? No, you are remembering correctly that you've. It's been vials. Every right, time okay. it's been seen, it's like a drinkable vial. Um, now, based on I think just being a, a cop, like you would you would know that. Um, Liquid drugs can be distributed in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you are somewhat concerned at uh, this. Does he does seem to be telling the truth? But he's basically you get a feeling this guy likely has less drac than most other people. So there is drac in this. This is likely drac, but it's not like here's a full vial. It's like here's a tab, um, and you're not quite sure what effect that will have on Iris. Uh, and I'll say, uh, I'm going to need more than this. Uh, I've seen it in full on vials. Like this doesn't look like a, this doesn't look like a proper dose. How much you got? Um, can you roll me a, well, he's, he's KG. He's just like, no, no man. Sorry. This is, this is all I can give you. This is the, this is the most I got. Uh, you can roll an intimidation. Uh, you can roll persuasion. I'm not a socially proficient person, but let's see what I've tried to do. Um, why do I have so many points in Streetwise? <laughs> um, I, I would take Streetwise for this if you want. 
Sure. Streetwise and, and what other component? Uh, it depends what you're trying to do. Uh, manipulation, probably. Let's say manipulation. Probably say, you're you're okay. trying to get you're trying to get him to like give you his supply. One, two successes. Two successes. Um, okay. He says, um, yeah, look, look, man, the, um, my supplies have been drying up a bit lately. It's, it's getting harder to get what with everything's going on in town. Um, I'll help you out, but I gotta tell you, man, uh, you kind of smell a bacon. You're, you're a cop, right? I sure am. And that means you do not want to disappoint me on the contrary, man. I feel like you're. You're definitely on the other side of the tracks here with me. So I tell you what, I'll give you the last of my supply, but um, I'm going to need you to look out for me in future. Oh, yeah, I'll be on the lookout for you. I guarantee. Okay, I can hear the threat in that also. uh, I get that all the time. It's the draw. I can't help it. I mean, look, I don't want to be offensive, uh, man. You know, I want anyone to feel comfortable here in our, our fair city. Shit. Okay, well, I guess I'll just trust you then you're trustworthy right can you roll me a how are you trying to convince him is this like i'm trying to persuade you that i'm trustworthy or is it a veiled threat uh, or are you actually going to look out for him yeah uh no i'm not actually going to look out for him um it wasn't a threat it was just sarcasm <laughs> it was just like yeah sure uh i think I think he's going to leverage the fact that they both must know it would just be easier if he gave me what I wanted. Okay. All right. It's just, why make this hard for both of us? Sure. Sure. Both can get on with our day. Yeah. You can, you can hear the desperation in all this, right? Like he's clearly in in a bit of trouble, but um, that being the case, let's go uh, intimidation and uh, resolve, please. Okay. I have no intimidation. So let's just please give me the dwack. Dwacky, please. please. Uh, two successes. Remarkably. Um, he looks you up and down. His eyes have been darting up to the bullet hole in your head that is not fully healed. And uh, <laughs> he finally just goes, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, fine. I'm happy to be done with this stuff. Go back to the gentleman's game of meth and heroin. <laughs> he gives you the vial. Great. I'll take the vial and just kind of uh, just gesture appreciatively and say, uh, uh, as well, you should. And I'll like walk out right. uh, back onto the street. Um, Iris, uh, you are holding a head and in a silent room, um, Ridley arrives with a duffel bag full of silver uh, Everett walks in with a three-quarter full vial of drac, um, and they see you uh, holding a head and tapping your toe impatiently. What happened? I decided to do a little experiment. Well, what are the results? His head came off, Ridley. Well, that just might be part of the experiment is the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I'm waiting to see. I mean, like, he didn't think that he he didn't know if he could body hop, so I kind of uh, forced him to. And if he that can't, bo- like, because if he couldn't body hop, he was useless to us anyway. So, yeah, that makes sense. All right, and Ridley's just gonna go around and start knocking on the different doors <laughs> to see if anybody knocks back. Um, as you're knocking, you you just hear, 
Hey! Hey! Okay, so we can body up. Uh, somewhere. Let's just open them and see if we can find them. So it's just Ridley. Yeah, you, you, open, yeah. you open one and uh, inside uh, there is uh, just, a, just a, a frail old man um, who uh, his, his fingers are, are, are worn almost to nubs. Uh, just like that first digit's almost gone from scratching at the inside of the, the door, but his arms are clearly too thin to, to properly knock. And he just says, like through, you know, a, a withered ancient face. Oh, fuck, man. I'm really glad you found me. Oh, cool. My voice is the same. Oh, that's great. Hey, um, is, is that lady still around? She cut my fucking head off, man. Well, she just needed to know if you could jump between bodies, which you clearly can. So don't worry. It did you no harm. Oh, fuck. What do you cut yourself into, doctor? Oh, man, this dick's even weirder. Um, but with that, uh, you've determined you do, in fact, have a body hopping Dr. Skull. You have your silver. You have your drac. And now you have your opportunity to wipe out the orphans. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai. Angle. And all our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. That's J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dumb Dumbs and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Great Dane, Acrix, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.